This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. The award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. Hi, thanks for joining us. My name is Bruce Norris, and once again, we are with Carrie Pierce. Bruce, can I so, ask a question? Yeah, sure. Uh, Carrie, at, at, at Bruce's um, presentation, you, you talked about industry-wide, um, the uh, layoffs and people being affected, you know. Um, so how, how much of that does, does it affect uh, other employees, not people that are just handling, you know, refis or mortgages, like, you know, the rest of the bank employees, does that, does that affect the numbers of employees on that end too, or just the people that were in the mortgage industry? Not so much on our bank side, because our, our bank has so many arms and divisions that are profitable that, you know, right now they're more than making up for the lack of profit on the mortgage side. But, you know, for the last couple of years, we've been killing it and dumping a ton of profit to the bottom line. So they're willing to be patient with us, but we're the ones whose staff gets cut when things get lean. So we've had layoffs and it's sad when it happens, but that's just one of the costs of doing business in the mortgage industry. You know, you staff up when things are roaring and you staff down when they're not. Okay. Well, it's, it's not just, it's not just going to be the the mortgage industry too, but I imagine realtors are going to get, you know, I know they're not regular W2 employees, but you know, there's going to be a lot of realtors that are not going to be, working a ton either because, you know, people aren't going to be able to qualify for loans or aren't going to want to get into loans that are higher than they're used to seeing. Well, it's very interesting you brought that up because I just heard a local office here in Riverside, I won't bring up the name, but the broker shut the doors. He said, you know, I'm spending 50 grand a month to keep this place open right now because there's not enough volume to, to help me. So he had no choice. He closed the doors. Yeah, well, what's, you know, what's interesting about that is if, if a lot of people refied their home, which I would imagine if you had a loan, almost 90% people refied and their intention is to stay, well, where's, where's the homes for sale going to come from in mass? If you, don't right. have the, if you don't have the REO world kick in, which I don't think it's going to. And the builders are way behind, so it's not going to come from them. Yeah, and then since they're way behind in California, there's no, there's no good way to catch up. Right. We're a, Barry's has a lot of great insights for us. And one of the things that they just put out is we're short about a million and a half units uh, right now. And there's no place to make that up. So we're losing ground every year on units that we need for the buyers that are out there. Right. So, OK, you have interest rate hikes and the math of it looks like, OK, well, that'll really affect the price. But then all of a sudden you go, OK, well, we only have X amount for sale and it meets the demand or maybe not. And since the new homes aren't there, you know, new homes used to be at the peak of a cycle, 160,000 units. And we're, we were at 60. Well, 60,000 max uh, was short 100,000 that year. And then right. go backwards. It was short 100 grand, uh, 100 units, 100,000 units. A lot of those years. Right, right. And so now you, yeah, now you've got an accumulation of that number that says a million and a half. Right, right. Yeah, I think that they, the report that Barry put out was saying that we needed something like 5.7 million units, you know, to sustain all the buyers. And we were 
losing ground by about a million four, million five a year. Okay, now you're talking. Okay, that's not state of California number. That's national too. Right, that's national. Right. Well, that's that's good news across the board because that you can't catch up on new builds. It's that's it's hard because you okay you have a process. You got to find dirt. If you're a track builder, you got to create lots out of bare dirt. You know that's not a that's not a month's uh, right. journey. That's a couple year journey, even in a place that lets you do it. Right, right. So you don't catch up and say, okay, well here's here's an extra million houses. Well, no. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is the banks aren't letting the builders go crazy on how many units they let them build at one time. You know, it used to be they could build a hundred units all at once, but now it's like you know, maybe 30, 40. Well, but the builder has got that conservative outlook as well. They're going, okay, what do we have? You know, do we have a contract on this? I mean, they want to probably build instead of build the spec, a lot of it are building that's uh, an order. You know, it doesn't mean it'll close. Maybe it won't because the interest rate changed, but it's, it's normal to be conservative as a builder, as opposed to the mindset of oh four oh five. It was just like right. build, build away, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot healthier on both sides. Um, we, we are seeing in inventory starting to increase. I mean, for the longest time we were running it two months in, here in California. And I think now it's getting closer to a normal market. I think they say nine months is normal. And I think we're somewhere around six. So at least there is more inventory coming to the market. Well, but most of that is Okay, so your sales are down a lot too, and that increases the month supply. So if your right. sales were down by half, you doubled your month supply. Right. So it's one of those factors you kind of have to look at. Okay, but what I also like to go backwards, you know, if you go back to 2019, 2018, 2019, look at the month supply that were stable in price with price going up uh, some. Uh, you're right, a more normal number is six months. So you don't have to freak out just because, you know, you, that's the thing you're going to see is a bunch of articles saying, well, inventory is tripled. So freak out. Well, now you're normal. So yeah, maybe I mean, what's, what was so rare in the last two years was the multiple offer, the overbids. It was just out of control. Yeah. It my, was daughter was trying, my daughter was trying to buy a house and made 10 offers and up to 60,000 over list and did not get one accepted. Yeah, it was an auction. Yeah, absolutely. Plain and simple. And that's not a healthy market either, actually. So I think it's I think it's good that uh, some normal normalcy has occurred, but it's still it's still active um, just because I'm always in the market with something for sale. Uh, I got a finger on the pulse of, oh, wow, this is a, a big change. Well, that hasn't really occurred. We may have come off of that euphoric bidding process. Right. But. For instance, you know, one of the things you'll hear is, oh, builders are lowering their prices. Okay, well, forgive me. They're lowering their prices from the ridiculous margin that looked like it might be possible right. to, the, to the best margin they've ever had in their life. That's the lowering of their price. Right, right. Yeah, so wait. And, what's, and that's, that's going on on the resale side, too, where sellers would just throw an astronomical number out on the price and they'd still get overbid. But now, obviously, they're having to have the dose of reality and put it back to where a more normal market. Yeah, but again, if you want to say bad things, uh, like, okay, and just be sort of like a fear monger, okay, uh, trustee sales, foreclosures are up uh, 3,000%. Right. 
Yeah, what does that mean? They went from three to 9,000 and you need 150,000 to be an impact in a market. So, right. you know, it's all of these percentages kind of drive me nuts because you just go, okay, it's meaningless. It gets you headlines, but the end result is not what you're saying it is. So. Yeah, the, the news, they totally distort that because back in 08, I think uh, foreclosures were around a million six. And obviously that was a lot. Uh, but then you come into, you know, the last year, and I think it was 150,000 or even less than that. Yeah. So, you know, when that jumps up, the 300,000, oh my God, foreclosures have doubled, but they're still well below 08 levels. Exactly, yeah. And you need you need the participation to be a certain percentage to dominate the market. And back in 09, over 70% of the market that was for sale producing comps was a lender-owned property. Yeah, that's and, similar to 97, 98 too, yeah. Well, that was 40%. So I'm really familiar with those charts because I was trying to figure out why less price damage in that stretch, you know, 90 to 96, you had a really gradual process of losing 10% where we just fell off the face of the earth in 08 and 09. And it was yeah. because of the comp, the lender comp was the dominant comp. Seven of 10 comps were in Moreno Valley for a 360 house was now 70 grand. Oof. Well, yeah. you could, you couldn't appraise a, a fixed house for 150. Right. There, no way an appraiser could justify that. Even if you had 20 offers on it, he would have to look at the comps that were dominant. And it was, it was the lender owned property that really ruled the day. And that's, and you can't ignore those as an appraiser. Yeah. Well, not when it's the dominant player. So in the, in the eighties, it was one in four comps. That's, that's not the market, but in the seven, excuse me, in the nineties, it was four in 10. So it's a player, you know, it's affected what you could say, but yeah, in 09, it was the number. And uh, since the appraisal world had their hands tied where they couldn't just say, well, you got a bunch of offers at this number. I'm going to honor that. Well, a review appraiser, if they came over the top and said, well, that was ridiculous, then the guy'd never get another appraisal job. Right. And so he knew that. So everybody was like biting their nails, being conservative, and it just destroyed the retail price for sure. Yeah, we did have definitely some low appraisals back then. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure to be very conservative. Um, what does it cost now to buy, buy down a rate? If I wanted to buy a whole percentage, is that even possible? Yeah, I just uh, ran some numbers on that prior to your seminar, and they're still true today. I, on a government loan, you can buy the rate down 1% for about one and a half points as a ballpark. Okay. So, you know, and a seller can pay on a government loan on FHA up to 6% of the sale price, VA it's 4%. So, you know, they can still pay closing costs on top of that buying the rate down. Okay. Now, do you see, is that common to request if you're a buyer? Is that getting more common? I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that. You know, we've always tried that in markets past, but th that wouldn't fly in 21, no. you know, 20 and 21. No. No, you could not ask for any cost at all. And you had, you had to bid over just to have a chance to get it. Yeah. You know, we just, we're just closed an escrow with, with a VA buyer. And so to me, that's a buyer that's going to emerge with a chance to buy properties again. Um, there's a program in Florida. I think I mentioned to you that has a $25,000 slush fund for the borrower. Use as you want, lower your rate, buy your closing costs, whatever. That's and huge. That is huge. I think it is a lien on the property that 
uh, may or may not go away, but I don't think it has a payment, doesn't affect their qualifying, and it becomes a nothing down transaction for them. Yeah. So yeah, I, there are cities and municipalities locally that have had down payment assistance programs similar to that. You know, I know the city of Riverside has had one for years where they would do a 20 percent um, silent second. They actually did record a deed against the house. Right. But there were no no payments. Right. OK. Well, I think some of those things are going to start. You know, like what used to work, we'll probably see some uh, reemergence of that. Do you have a general sense of the volume of transactions going on in California? And it's more of a realtor question, but as far as do you get a sense that it's down by 25% or 50%? Uh, my guess is going to be 50. Okay. Yeah. That, the the that, realtors are out there struggling right now too. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. But I, I think the demand side will match that inventory side. I, I think the inventory side saying I'm good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna part with my two or three percent mortgage rate. So that that house doesn't show up. And if you're already short houses, it, it'd be very interesting to see how this turns out in a year or two with interest rates being much higher than they were. That I think you could have, you might have something that did a lot less damage than the math would imply. Yeah. What what happened? I think over the last two years is it squeezed a lot of those first-time buyers out because the prices just got out of reach. And even at the lower rates, they just couldn't pull it off. You know, and ho now, hopefully now if prices relax a little, you know, and maybe the rates come down a little, we pray, you know, maybe some of those buyers will come back into the market. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's likely. They're, they are, they're usually about 30 or 35% of the market share. And I know that's down right now. But um, if, yeah, if the mortgage can be bought down a percent or someone goes with an adjustable, what's an adjustable rate now? If I go, is it a seven or a five one? Um, we have five, seven, and 10, but the one I just did was a seven year and it was at 5%. And, and that was for second home. It probably would have been slightly better for a primary residence. Okay. So yeah, that would make sense. It would be a little better, but then that, that could even be bought down if it was say four and three quarters, it could be bought down to three and three quarters for seven Correct. years. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's awfully good. <laughs> Honestly, you can't. Well, we're starting to see more of that. We just had a, a scenario today. One of our guys, he's up against the lender in Orange County and they're offering 20,000 for the buyer to do a two one buy down and pay the bulk of their closing. Cost. So that's, you know, the temporary buy down where it's not permanent, but at least it starts them at a lower rate to make it a little easier getting getting started. And is that easier for you as a lender uh, broker to get a yes answer? Because that there's enough time in the in the beginning of the loan is that's what they're qualifying for? Well, we, we still have to qualify them at like the second year rate typically. But, you know, the advantage is just to get that lower payment initially to make their life a little easier. Yeah. You know, starting out the home ownership. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say Kerry Pierce, honestly, is the most honest lender I've ever known. I've known him for 25 years. And if, if ever I need a loan, my daughter needs a loan, my friend needs a loan, uh, he gets a call. So I would and give I him appreciate a, that. Well, hey, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't have to make up any of that, any of that. Uh, I rely on whatever you say being true. And that's, that's a high compliment. There's, not many people that own the space, you know, it's like, okay, 
that's Carrie's space and he's, he's deserved it. So. Well, you own your space for sure. And I got to tell you that when you talked about heroes, you are definitely one of my heroes when it comes to investing in real estate for sure. Oh, wow. I appreciate that very much. So, well, thank, I'm glad you came to that event and I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was, uh, that was fun. Well worth it. I was glad it was there. Okay. All right, Carrie. Hey, thanks for taking time uh, for me today. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Talk to you okay. soon. Okay, Carrie. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com. The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to thenorrisgroup.com and click the hard money tab.